Thanks for listening to this week's sermon from Epicos Church in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. For more information about Epicos, please visit epicos.org. Well, good morning, Epicos. How are you guys doing? Doing good? Good. I talked to a couple people already who were like, I don't know if it's the weather, but I'm feeling like tired and trying to get the energy up. And so if that's you, thank you for being here today. If you're watching online, because you're like, I'm watching online uh, this morning, thank you for at least turning on your phone or your TV, whatever it may be. Shout out to our campuses as well, Mayfair Road, Sherman Park. Those of you listening on the podcast, man, it's a good, it is a good day to be here at Epicos Church. It's great to hear just the update from one of our many ministry partners in the city uh, that we've been hearing an update from and just getting, getting involved in this way. If you're a guest, uh, my name is Mark. I get to be one of the pastors here, and uh, it's just an honor. It's an honor and a privilege. Uh, I want to take our minds back uh, just a couple weeks. And some of you remember there was a Super Bowl uh, just like a a month ago. And uh, at the Super Bowl, many commercials, right? This is one of the some of us, we love this about the Super Bowl, but there was one in particular that caused a lot of conversation. Uh, some of you know what I'm talking about. It was the commercial by uh, the organization, He Gets Us, right, and uh, the foot washing. Some of you know this, and you're like, are we really going to talk about this here? You know, it just died down in the media. Uh, it caused a lot of interesting conversation. Uh, you had some people on one side just saying, man, this is completely unbiblical. This isn't what Jesus wanted at all. This isn't what Jesus was teaching. Uh, there's some uh, on the other side saying, no, this is exactly what we need to be doing. And just the conversation in between was just really dynamic. If you didn't watch the commercial, don't. Uh, you, you didn't miss anything. Uh, but here's, here's Here's one of the things that the commercial brought out. This is the nerve that it touched on for so many all around our country and for some of us even. We're familiar, most of us, familiar with a passage in the Gospel of Matthew in which Jesus says there's two great commandments, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your, love your, what does he say? Love your what? Love your, love your neighbor, Love your neighbors yourself. And then he says, uh, in the Gospel of John, John chapter 13, he says, I have a new commandment to give to you that you would love one another. This is how people are gonna know that you're my disciples, that you love one another. And so this is a command that we're given uh, as Christians, but it's not something that, that we own just as Christians. The world is all about love, all about peace, all this. And so a commercial like this comes up, where's the nerve? The nerve is this, to what extent? To what extent? To what extent am I actually supposed to love somebody? What does it actually mean to love one another? I'm good at loving the people that I like, for sure. I'm good at like showing love in, in small ways to those that maybe, maybe I don't like, but there's people who disagree with us, there's people who irritate us, there's people who frustrate us, right? You just go down the list, like what, to what extent Am I supposed to love somebody else? The Apostle John is writing this letter that we're working through, 1 John. And as we come to our text today in chapter 2, he addresses this head on. This is a church, early church, a couple decades after Jesus, right? Second, maybe even third generation, early church. And they're struggling with this in the church. There's been pain. 
There's been hurt. There's been frustration. There's been dissension. People have left. Uh, There's, you know, uh, emails going around about who said what, where, and when, and all this other kind of stuff happening in the early church. And John is just hitting this head on, and he helps us to understand the extent to which we're actually supposed to love one another. And so as we look at the text today, we're going to be in 1 John chapter 2, uh, verses 7 through 11. And I think that what would be helpful for us is to see two things, two things that John wants us to see answering this question. To what extent? To what extent are we supposed to love one another? And as we endeavor to walk in the light, as we've been talking about, just walking in the way of Jesus, trusting in Jesus, becoming like Jesus, doing as Jesus did, as we, as we endeavor to walk in the way, to what extent do we love others? So let's open the Bible together. If you got one, uh, grab it. We encourage you to bring a Bible. We got Bibles in in the back of our seats at all of our campuses. If you got a digital Bible, pull it up. First John, first John chapter two, we're gonna start in, we're gonna start in verse seven. First John two, verse seven. Beloved, I'm writing you no new commandment, but an old commandment that you've had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word that you have heard. At the same time, it is a new commandment that I am writing to you, which is true in him and in you because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light and in him there is no cause for stumbling But whoever hates his brother is in darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. This is where we're going to be in these verses. Two things. Let's just dive right in. Did any of you read verse 7 and think, what did John just say? Any of you? Like, read verse 7 again with me. Beloved, I'm writing you no new commandment, but an old commandment that you've heard from the beginning the old commandment is word you've heard. At the same time, I am writing a new commandment. It's like, John, make up your mind, brother. Like, what are we doing? Is it old? Is it new? Like, what's going on here? It is important for us to catch up to. John is, John is doing three wonderful things here just in this, in this one verse that, that lays this foundation for us. John, speaking to the early church, and in the early church, there would have been like new Christians, people who, who have no history with uh, the Israelites, no history with the Jewish faith. Uh, they, they come to know Jesus, and so they're brand new in the Christian faith. That, that, that the church is now a couple decades old. And then there's gonna be other people who are Jewish Christians. Those who grew up in, in Jewish households, held to uh, Jewish customs and traditions, uh, knew the Torah, knew the law, and they had all this rich tradition in which they decided they're going to follow Jesus. John knows that he's writing to a mixed crowd. And so here's what, here's what he's doing just in this one verse. He says, it's not an old, it's not a, it's an old commandment, it's not a new commandment. What is he saying? Uh, if you were a Jewish Christian, you would have known that in the law that was presented in the time of Moses when the Israelites were being established, you had this verse. And this is in Leviticus chapter 19. It's gonna be on the screen. Don't worry about turning there. Leviticus chapter 19, verse 17 says this. You shall not hate your brother in your heart, 
but you shall reason frankly with your neighbor, lest you incur sin because of him. You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against the sons of your own people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. John is helping his Jewish Christians, Jewish brothers and sisters, understand that what he is writing about, about not hating, but loving, is from the beginning, that which they knew from the time that they were founded as God's people. He's helping them see that when Jesus said, I have come to, not just to to, to do away with all of that, but to fulfill it, that Jesus actually was fulfilling it. And so there's this great continuity from the laws of Moses that the origins of the Israelite people becoming God's people in the wilderness uh, in the way that they did, all the way through Jesus. There's this continuity there. But for many, they didn't have that history. And so the beginning for them was Jesus. This is the beginning of the Jesus movement. It was Jesus. And so he's saying, look, from from the beginning, for those of you that you heard it from the beginning, from Jesus' own mouth, to love your neighbor, this is the same. This is is the same thing that Jesus was saying, to to love your neighbor as yourself, to to love one another. So the first thing is just with his Jewish Christians. Second thing was just his new Christians. And what's the third thing that's happening here? This is one of the most beautiful things that we can see in the Bible, is that the Bible, we talk about this, right? The Bible is a cross-cultural experience. Right? It's written, uh, inspired by the Holy Spirit, through different authors, to different groups of people, in different contexts, in different periods of history, and yet there is this amazing continuity of the very character of God and what he deeply desires for us and how he wants us to live. And we can read John 2, verse 7, and we can see this incredible continuity all through the Bible. The, the, the call to truly love one another is not only central to to who we should be in Christ, but to who Christ is himself. This is all just in this this one verse, this wonderful wonderful picture. But it's, it's not easy to love. It's not easy to love one another. And so John moves on as he's talking through, uh, through this text. And he says, it's from the beginning, right? And, and he's right. He says, no new commandment, um, but an old commandment. And so what is new about this commandment that he's writing? Because he says, but a new commandment. What is new about this? The other, uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, one of our other pastors, or discipleship pastor, uh, Pastor Jacob, he and I went to the Dominican Republic to visit a new ministry partner called Mission of Hope. And uh, right now, I just want a quick pause for a moment. Uh, we hope, to, no, no pun intended, but we hope to uh, take at least two mission trips down to the Dominican through Mission Hope later this year. If you have any desire on getting information on what that could look like, that you might wanna be a part of that, grab the Connect card that, that we all have here today and give, we need your name, your email, your phone number, and just write Mission of Hope. We'll put you on an email list, a contact list, and we'll be in contact with you. But we'd love for you to join us as we serve people in the Dominican Republic, sharing the hope of Christ in that way. All right, unpause. Here we go. So, we're flying back from the Dominican Republic. And, you know, I, I've flown a lot. I'm not like an expert flyer. I'm not, 
in the airport all the time. Some people travel for work. You know, they're like an expert at this. They get this. But I've traveled enough. Like the airport, I get it. You know, and I know the tricks. You try and like smuggle in the snacks, right? So you don't have to pay for airport food and all that other kind of stuff. Uh, on the way back, though, uh, we were the last flight out of, the, out of uh, Santiago with some of the Mission of Hope staff. And these guys are in the airport like 40 weeks out of the year, right? So they have all the, you know, the, the credit card, whatever it is, the status, the miles, all of it, to get them into something called the Admiral Club. Any of you ever heard of the Admiral Club in American Airlines? So I have heard of this. And like some people like to use it, some people like to go there, but I really didn't know what it was. I just kind of pictured a, maybe a nicer room with some snacks. They asked Jacob and I, they said, hey, we, we both have a couple hours of layover in Miami before you guys head back to Wisconsin, before they head back to Texas. We have guest passes. Do you want to join us in the Admiral Club? And we're like, sure, why not? So we go down Terminal D, right, and we get on the escalator, go up to another level. The glass doors open, and we enter into a whole new experience. Friends, if you have not experienced the Admiral Club, it's really expensive, so don't. But if you can, be a guest of somebody who has experienced the Admiral Club, do it. It's not just comfortable furniture. It's like relaxing furniture. There's outlets everywhere to charge your devices. The bathrooms are immaculate and nice, not crowded and smelly. There's rooms that you can rent for showering because sometimes when you travel, you just want to take a shower before you head home, which apparently is an option for people who are in the Admiral Club, right? There's a, there's a buffet, and not just like a continental kind of buffet where things are heated up, but like where food is freshly prepared and always available. There's like fresh coffee available. There's an entire cocktail bar that's completely free. There's a dessert bar that's, that's completely free. And it's just like Jacob and I look at each other, and we are like two kids who just walked into Disney World for for the first time. We're just like, how has this world always existed and we never knew? This is what John is talking about. The many times we live our lives with this understanding of what it is to love one another. What Jesus is calling us to is a flagship Admiral Club experience that, that he, Jesus is asking us to join into. It's a whole different level. It's a whole different tier. It's a whole different experience of what it really means to love one another. And this is where John is challenging the early church, and this is where we are challenged today as we come to the text of just stop waiting in the airport with everybody else. Come up to the flagship Admiral Club and start loving each other as Jesus truly wants to love. Jesus truly wants us to love one another. So what does that look like? What does John say? He says, well, don't hate your brother. Hate is a really strong term. And uh, for those of you that, that uh, have been around, you know, we, we've been talking about how John uses this language uh, that just packs a punch, right? And so uh, epideictic is kind of the word for the, the rhetoric that's being used. And so John will say things to get your attention. He wants to get your attention. And so he's using really strong language of hate and love to get our attention to what it's like to be in this flagship Admiral Club experience of what it means to love one another. 
when he says hate, most of us as Christians, we're thinking, well, I don't hate. Hate's a really strong word, it's a trigger word, and we shouldn't hate. But before we just jump the gun and say, well, I don't hate anybody, I don't struggle with hate, let's take a, a, a different look at what hate means. So this is gonna be on the screen, there's some definitions, and they're maybe not the best definitions, but they're working definitions for what hate is. So let's read this together. Hate uh, is an intense aversion or hostility towards someone or something. Uh, it involves a strong negative emotional response and often includes a desire to harm, devalue, or exclude the target of hatred. And we, we read that term and we're like, I don't hate. I, I don't hate. But hate is often a secondary kind of emotion. It's a, it's a reaction, if you will, to other emotions that we get first. Other emotions like anger. Other emotions like dislike. Let's look at what these mean. What is, what is anger? Again, here's just a working definition. Anger is a temporary emotional response uh, to a perceived provocation or threat, it involves feelings of frustration, irritation, or resentment. A specific incident can prompt it and may dissipate once the situation is resolved, while hate is uh, deep-seated and often longer, longer lasting. And so, okay, you look at that and you're like, okay, well, I don't struggle with hate, but I definitely do struggle with anger. Uh, in terms of like, man, there are people who frustrate me, there are people who irritate me, right? There are people who get under my skin, you know, whatever it is, but it's short-lived, right? It, it is short-lived. And we think, well, I don't, I don't hate, but I do dislike some people, right? Because we're supposed to love everyone, but we don't have to like everybody, right? We use this phrase sometimes. What is dislike? Let's look at this definition. Dislike is a milder negative emotion towards someone or something. It's more uh, a lack of positive feelings about the uh, intense hostility uh, associated with hate. Without the intense hostility associated with hate, dislike can be based on personal preferences, right? Uh, someone has a different preference than you, uh, you, you don't get along. Differences in opinions or even more minor irritations. Here's the thing, hate, uh, may be, uh, hate is not an occasional outburst. Right, Hate is not an occasional outburst, but hate is an attitude that has become a habit. If we're going to go to the flagship Admiral Club experience of what it means to love one another, we have to just sit on what John is saying when he says you should not hate your brother. And he's also, it's inclusive of sister here. Hate is an attitude that becomes a habit. An attitude that becomes a habit. When does something stop being short-lived? If every time you see somebody, you are consistently irritated, consistently frustrated, consistently dislike them, uh, consistently devaluing them, if it is consistent over and over and over and over it again, when, when are we going to wake up and realize this is not a short-lived thing? This is an attitude that has, become, that has become a habit. I think there's some really deep heart work that needs to happen for us to truly wrestle with what John is asking us to wrestle with. Is, 
is it possible that you struggle with hate? Is it possible that the hate that you have towards somebody else, you've just been disguising it with, with just nicer words? I don't like them. I'm angry at them. I'm irritated with them. Are there people in your life who, who you want to make sure that everyone else who's close to you think, thinks less of them just as you do? That you would actually devalue them, not just in your mind, but in your other relationships? Is it possible that you struggle with hate? If we're truly going to walk in the way, if we're truly going to follow Jesus, trust in Jesus, become like Jesus, do as Jesus did, we have to let the light, John talks about, the light of Jesus shine into all the dark crevices in our heart. And that means having some hard conversations with ourselves and inviting God into the process. And if you have time this week, I would just encourage you, make time this week and just ask the Holy Spirit to work in your heart and say, God, is it possible that I actually do hate? And just ask the Holy Spirit to reveal that in your heart and in your mind and just see what names come up. And don't fight it. Oh no, not that person, I just don't like them. No, no, that's the point. The Holy Spirit's supposed to prompt that person into your mind. We can't truly understand what it is to love one another unless we truly understand in all the ways that we show hatred towards one another. John drives this even deeper. Leviticus says, love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus, in, in Matthew 22, says, love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, Jesus, later in John, says, love one another. What does John say? John doesn't use the word neighbor. John doesn't use the word love one uh, another. John says, love your brother. And I'm just going to say, for our clarity, John is saying, love your brother and your sister. Who is he talking about? He's, again, he's talking to the church. He's talking to a broken church. And he's saying, look, if this is supposed to be true outside of the church, it better be true inside of the church. And oftentimes we can, we can gloss over the relationships that we have with each other in church. Let's just, let's just talk about our church in Epicos. Because we just want to focus on everybody else, we want to focus on all the good things, and we just, we just harbor hatred in our hearts. Is there somebody at Epicos that you devalue? Is there somebody at Epicos that possibly you struggle with hatred in your heart? John, the Holy Spirit works through John's writings just to help us wrestle with this. Look, we, we need to come to grips with this. Because we can't truly love everyone outside the church if, we love, if, we're, if we're not loving everyone inside the church. So now let's talk, we talked about hate, now let's talk about love. Uh, John says, love your neighbor, or John says, love your brother and sister. I have another list I want us to look at. Uh, not only Jesus, uh, John, Paul, Peter, the writers in the New Testament, uh, they they tell us uh, to love one another in many ways. And so there's these phrases, the one another's. And so here's just a quick list of what one another's look like. I'm going to go through these pretty quickly. There's references on the screen. I'm not going to say them. Go back to YouTube if you want to catch the references. How do we love one another? First one, wash one another's feet. 
Uh, just this whole idea of like serving somebody else, physically serving somebody else, preferring one another, putting other people above yourself. Be of the same mind to one another. This is, this is really important. Having the unity in Christ, being in the same mind, having unity of Christ is actually a sign in which we love each other, being one together in Christ. Uh, do not judge one another, uh, receive one another, admonish one another, edify, build one another up, like encourage each other. We all can use and need encouragement. Bear one another's burdens. Uh, confess your faults to one another. Uh, we've been talking about this the last two weeks. It's just like what it would look like for you to actually have confession in your heart, confession in your life, confession with one another, a way that we can show love to each other is by being so transparent and so vulnerable that we, we invite them into the darkness of our own heart. Uh, using uh, hospitality, hospitality to one another. Man, just be, just be being hospitable. You know, one way to, to love, we, we've been doing this uh, 28 days of prayer. And uh, if you're new here or if you've kind of got off track, we just invite you to join us in this 28 days of prayer. Each week is an on-ramp. First week was all about just uh, praying with your relationship with Christ. This, this week that we're finishing up is praying for others. Praying for others. And so there's a verse with a prayer prompt. And uh, we got... Uh, elders and staff posting on social media, uh, just opportunity to, to pray with them in that way. This next week, this next week, we're going to be starting praying for our church. And there's prayer prompts to, to pray for our church. And then we're going to end up with praying uh, for our city. But we just invite you into that, but a way to, to just love one another. When we talk about how to love each other, the world loves to catch on to this. Love, 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 love. And oftentimes, it's this is kind of whitewashed uh, understanding of what it means, and it just, it's just a, a facade for saying, don't push back. Never push back. Ne never tell me I'm doing anything wrong. Accept me for who I am. Uh, accept uh, all my faults, all my failures. And this is like partly true, but it's not completely true, is it? Because if we truly love somebody, we're not just going to let them walk off a cliff. And it means we're going to serve them. It means that we're going to put, their, uh, put them above us. And so Jesus gives us, and the scriptures give us this list of what it is to, to love one another in this way. And there's a whole bunch of ways uh, in which we have other helps in how to love each other. So those of you that love the Enneagram, right, it's just like understanding how people are wired uh, and how you can serve them in the way that they are wired. If you're in a relationship, you might have heard of the five love languages, which is all about knowing how people like to give love and receive love. And sometimes you need to give love in a way that other people like to receive it, not just how you like to receive it. And there's all this exploration in that way, but the scriptures give us enough. The scriptures give us enough to know how to love one another. And so here's a challenge. You have two conversations. On one hand, you start with this confession between you and God this week, and you enter into this prayer mindset and mode where you just ask the Holy Spirit to reveal in your heart and in your life where you might struggle with hate. And maybe you don't, praise God, but we all struggle with dislike or anger in certain ways. Who are those people? Who are those people in the church? Who are those people outside the church in our life? Maybe they're in our family, they're in our workplace, they're in our neighborhoods, who is it? Here's a challenge. 
take the list that the Bible gives us and what it is to actually love each other and love them. This is a Flagstar Admiral Club experience of what it is to show love towards one another. That we would not just do it with the people that we enjoy spending time with. That we would not just do it with people who we don't have to see again. But that we would do it with those that we harbor all these feelings against and for. Jesus did, and so we should. So here we go, here's the first thing. The first thing that John says when it's talking about loving one another, to what extent, first thing he says is lean into it. Lean into it. Lean into what it means to truly love one another. The second thing that, that we're gonna see in the last two verses we're gonna hit right now, lead through it. Lean into it and lead through it. Let's go ahead and open the text. <clears throat> and let's read here. 1 John 2, starting in verse 9. Whoever says he's in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light. And in him there is no cause for stumbling. Note that word. But whatever, whoever hates his brother is in darkness and walks, that word in darkness, and does not know where he is going. In other words, he's lost. Because the darkness has blinded his eyes. What is one of the things that John is helping his readers and the Holy Spirit is helping us see when it comes to the extent in which we should love one another? Loving other people isn't all about you. Loving other people isn't all about you. And this is one of the ways where our Christian faith truly separates us from the world. It's not really about you. It's not even necessarily about them. It's about us. There are people watching you. That sounds creepy. But, but there are people who watch you. Even for those of you who would say, I am not a leader, I do not have great influence. Yes, you do. There are people in, you, who, there are people in your life who are watching you. They're paying attention to how you handle different situations. When somebody wrongs you, they pay attention to how you respond. When you talk about somebody else who's frustrating you, who's irritating you, they pay attention to how you talk about them. And if you've got a family, it's not just like kids, it's not just, it's not just uh, relatives, it's your coworkers, it's your neighbors, it's your spouses, it's your roommates, it's your classmates. People are watching you, and John is saying this, look, if we're truly going to walk in the way of Jesus, we need to know what it is to truly love other people the way that Jesus wants us to love them, because when we walk in the way of Jesus, we lead people to Jesus. And there's no cause for stumbling. But if we're trying to walk in the way of Jesus and we struggle with hatred in our heart and we're not truly loving people the way God wants us to love them, then we're just like lost and we're causing other people to stumble too because they're watching us like maybe that's how we should handle the situation. And so they mess up like we mess up and we're gonna mess up. That's going to happen. But to the best of our ability through the power of the Holy Spirit, we love people the way Jesus wants us to love people so that we can walk in the way because we lead others in doing that. And this is one of the greatest encouragements that we have as the church, that we have the ability to lead others, 
to lead others to Jesus in the way that we act, in the way that we speak, in the way that we respond. I don't know all the events that are going to unfold in 2024, but we are going to have plenty of opportunity to respond in a loving way. Part of me is a little nervous about the opportunities that are gonna come our way. <laughs> but we're gonna have them. And this is who we're gonna be, Epicos. This is who we're gonna be. We're gonna be a people so committed to walking in the way of Jesus that we're gonna respond in a way where other people, all they can do is say, wow, who do you serve? How can you do that? How can you love that person when they've wronged you in that way? How can you show them any sense of respect when they don't have any respect for themselves? And we just, we just point them to Jesus again and again and again and again. And this is what John is helping the, the early church see. You lean into what Jesus is asking you to do and you lead in it as well. It's amazing what will happen. We have so many opportunities, not just in our church, to, to lead into this, man, with our kids. Our kids have an opportunity to hear Jesus every weekend. Our student ministry, for those of you who are involved in student ministry, our hospitality teams who come in and just help make this place a warm, encouraging environment, uh, but also just in our city. Uh, we're celebrating our local partners and we're highlighting that so that you can get involved, so that you can interact with people who are gonna push your buttons, who are gonna irritate you, so that you can have experiences in which you can say, all right, I need to love in this situation. Get involved with Milwaukee, uh, Milwaukee Rescue Mission. Get involved with some of our other local partners that we have. Uh, at uh, at uh, Mayfair, we have the food pantry, right? Feeding hundreds of families uh, all the time. Uh, we have uh, here at West Dallas, City Light, just serving families. And we have more coming. We're just gonna keep letting you know of opportunities in which you can give of yourself to step out of your comfort zone so that you can lead others in how you love others. And so here's the thing, is when we lean into our understanding of what it really means to love one another, to love our brothers and sisters, this flagship, admiral uh, level, the club level of loving one another, it allows us to lead others to Jesus in a whole new way. We get to do it together. Let's pray. So Heavenly Father, we thank you for how you love us. We thank you for how you have guided us and directed us. Father, help us in this area. Help us to wrestle with the question of just, man, do, is, is there someone in our life, are there people in our life that we actually do struggle with hate? Maybe we don't want to call it that, but at the end of the day, it is, a, it, is, it is a habit, our attitude towards them. Help us to confess it. Help us to elevate our understanding of what it is to love one another so that we can walk in the way that truly leads people to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.